You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 56. This episode is going to have some fireworks. We are not liking for content on this episode. So it's a... uh, Kind of a kind of a crazy week we've had. I've had in poker, uh, so I guess. When I say last we left off, you were going to the vloggers game, right? Right. I had mentioned going. I wasn't really certain if I was gonna go. Uh, ended up having to go do something around that side of town, anyways, and ended up being like, well, I really want to go. I, I find Ben Deach entertaining. We don't watch. Poker face Ash as much, but I do like her vlogs when we uh when we watch her, and I always find Ryan. I went from not liking Ryan DePaulo's content to him being one of my favorites too. So he uh he's kind of he really grew on me. That that WSOP he won in the parking lot. I started watching more of his content after that. I was like, this guy's actually pretty damn good. Well, I thought you watched an interview that he did that really turned it around for you before that. No, yeah, there were two things. It was that that uh, him winning that WSOP ring in the parking lot, because you brought me that. And then I listened to him on interviews, and he comes across on his vlogs kind of like moronic sometimes. Well, but he leans into it, right? It's kind of... It's kind of the stick, I guess, and it's kind of his thing that makes him different from all the other vloggers, right? He really does. He leans into it uh, big time for like the comedy and all that. But when I listen to him talking in these interviews, he's probably one of the more thoughtful, uh, definitely one of the more humble people I've ever I've actually heard in po- poker. You know, it's kind of full. Poker's full of egomaniacs. You kind of have to be to go into a game, you know, thinking you're better than everybody else. This guy is like way, like I say, I was really impressed by his interviews and how he came off. And he was still really funny, but it was, he just came off as very, very different. And I was like, I was really impressed on, I think I heard him on the rake. And I think there was also another interview where I was like, I was like, this guy's really actually a pretty cool guy. Uh, So I go in, so I drive to this vloggers game and I go, it's at 52 Social and Round Rock. I will say 52 Social in Houston is, at the very least, controversial. I mean, definitely controversial. <laughs> so I kind of go in, all, like, I want to go see the game. They brought the vloggers in. I really want to go check it out. But I already kind of, like, you know when you kind of go in and you're thinking, like, well, I'm not really going to like this place or whatever, just because, you know, you already have it in your mind. I just kind of go in there with my mindset. this place is freaking awesome, man. (laughs) You walk in, and I took video of it. Maybe we can put it on the Instagram page at some point. It's uh, it's got these gigantic TVs, way bigger than any of the poker rooms. Uh, Then the walls lined with regular ones. The place is huge. It has the most Vegas feel of any poker room I've been. Like, Like, even like, Prime back in the day, like you go in there, like maybe not as 
the action of Prime in the back in the day, but it was it was still really busy. But the room is so sick. It's it's by far the nicest one I've been to. I, I can't even think of one that's close. And then it's got the restaurant, the like a bar restaurant, and I like the way it's like closed off from the room, it, to where you you're it's connected, but you're kind of going around where it actually feels like you're kind of at a different place. I ate there. The food is amazing, which Fifty Two was not known for on there. But we, uh, it was just I was just really blown away by it. So I go in to see, to play with these vloggers, and I ask for a seat. And they have one, they have one, two, and one, three going. I end up going for what? Uh, going to the one, two table and asking for the one, three. Was that weird that they? Do you think they normally just have one, two? I guess you would know it's your first time there. Was it? A, I guess my first question for one was it a super deep stack one, two game? It, it would be my first one, and then. How were there more one two games than one three? I'll let you go ahead and answer those. No, I think there were less. Uh, it's not weird in Austin. It's weird in here in Houston, but Round Rock does the same thing. And the oh, one right. two is actually not that deep stacked. It's, I think it's a really cool deal because it kind of gives beginning players a little bit more of a leeway because the deep stack just go to one three. So I think it's actually a really good idea. I, I've seen a couple other uh, poker rooms in Houston adopting it. But I go there. I win one hand with queens, uh, pocket queens. I it's bet to twenty, call call. I I uh, three bet. Everybody folds. Nothing big. Uh, and then they're like, "Well, one three. Well, I see Ben Deach is over there. Which of all the vloggers, he's definitely the one I want to go see the most. We watch his content the most, and so they moved me over to his table." And I was like, okay, this is really cool. So, and one thing that was really cool is a lot of time in the vloggers game, they're like moving them around a whole lot. The entire night, he was right there at that table. It was like, I got to play with him and another slow poker uh, very for just hours on end. It was really cool. How many people were there for the vlogger meetup game? Because I feel like if they're not moving them around and you were there all night playing with them, I feel like some people might not have gotten an opportunity to play with them. Well, I got the feeling that there was it was hard to know how much was going on because there were a lot of tables, but there was also a tournament that I think all the vloggers were in earlier. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe. That, that's I don't know for a fact, but that's what I kind of got the hint of because Ryan DiPaolo I never played with because I think he was playing in that tournament. And Poker Face Ash, same thing. So I guess like there weren't that many cash games of people who were wanting to play. It seems like... Anybody who wanted to play with them could have, and because they were shuffling people, like kind of hit and miss. And you'd like some people, you know, had no idea who they were, and then others were like, "Hey, it was really cool." You could tell they kind of came to play with them. Uh, and I run pretty well the entire night. Uh, I'm doing good in double board bomb pots, doing good just getting value from top pair. And I have uh, what you could say just an explosive hand with Ben Deach. It's a uh, so we go. It is Queen Nine. I have Queen Nine of Diamonds. Ben Deach raises. Ben Deach has not been playing a lot of hands. Like you think he's all the vloggers when you play with them, they are pretty nitty. Uh, and this was no exception. Which they're all winning players, which they're gonna be for the most part. 
the uh, so he raises. I call with Queen Nine of Diamonds, uh, and there's a couple other callers. The flop comes Jack Ten, I think three. So with one diamond, uh, he ends. He can see bets it for a little over half pot. I'm open-ended with a very disguised straight draw and backdoor flush draw, never going anywhere. I call. Somebody else calls. The next card is a four of diamonds, giving me now open-ended with a flush draw. Ben Deach now leads out for $120. I remember the exact amount. I remember it was like close to two-thirds pot. It was a pretty big bet into this pot. I think about it, and I'm like, I'm never folding here. Not when I turn the flush draw. I have the open-ended straight draw. Both, if I hit, would be very disguised. Uh, I think about jamming over the top. But I decide, well, I've got some pretty good implied odds here. If he calls then this is kind of a draw-heavy board. He could call. He could kind of call light here, and I'd really just be cheating myself out of, out of the implied odds. So I call the other person folds. The river is a brick. And I'm like, well, son of a bitch. <laughs> so, but I'm like, well, I'm in it this deep. I've got a little over a pot size bet left. Ben Deach, I'm like, if he checks and shows any weakness, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to shove. Sure enough, he checks and I shove. He tanks for quite a while and ends up making the fold. Now, this could kind of play in my an asshole here, that the Reddit, like the, the, the subreddit. I show Queen Nine of Diamonds the bluff instantly. And you can tell. You can tell he's pretty pissed off. Uh, he was... I mean, he didn't He didn't storm around or anything or anything like that. But you could tell he was, he was visibly annoyed and pissed. Uh, I don't... I... I didn't think anything of it because I thought this was a very standard move. The way this hand played out, he, uh... I just felt like this was kind of the way this hand was going to play. What do you What do you think about one how I played the hand, and number two about showing the bluff? Um, well, I love all of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I I feel like how the hand was played was like you and I were discussing earlier, uh, very standard, right? Um, I feel like that's kind of your moves were very limited there, right? It was either check and give up with queen high. Or go for it, and this seemed like a great time to go for it. Um, I mean, so just on principle, I like that, and also I like that that kind of. I mean, you and I talk about you don't really need to balance your range in live poker, but I still think it does help when people know that you're capable of putting in a bluff on the river. Um, and I would think showing the bluff in the meetup game would be—I don't want to say standard, but pretty normal practice i would think i mean every time we watch andrew nemi and brad owens meetup game and i think johnny vibes meetup games 
I think that's kind of comes with the territory of being a vlogger. People want to play pots with you just because who you are. You're going to increase the action. And when you increase the action, people miss draws like they're more likely going to. I think people are going to try to bluff you more often than not. Just, I don't think to be mean or anything, one, that play was very standard, but I think they're going to show it to you just, I think it's one of those things where whenever you see someone like on a podcast um, every week or on a vlog, you feel like you know them. Like you kind of have a feeling like, not that you're friends maybe per se, but like that you, that you kind of know them, but they don't know you. And I think it can kind of make for a weird dynamic sometimes. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, I, and I got that feeling too. I feel like he thought I bluffed cause he was a vlogger or whatever or showed because of that. Well, okay. The showing, uh, yeah, I think that did come into play. The bluff, I think just the way that hand played out, it was just how I was, you know, I mean, I would have played that same way against anybody. Uh, but when I go, so when I go to show down, there's a couple things going through my head. One is well he's there for content has not been playing a ton of hands and not every hand is interesting i mean most hands you play in poker pretty damn boring you flop top pair you bet there's a call i mean you bet again somebody folds uh you have good cards you miss you pocket jacks comes ace king uh someone bets you fold there's just a lot of boring hands and uh, yeah he can once I fold my hand, he can ask what you have. I can say queen nine of di- yeah, I can say queen nine of diamonds, but he doesn't know that. That's not very. That's not real interesting content when someone says that because you really don't know. You don't have any finality. As someone who watches a vlog, I would think, you know, if you are bluffed, especially in the interesting pot spot, you'd be more likely that you want to see it because it at least gives the viewer a you know something final in that hand. Oh, 100%. Um, I completely agree with that. I love whenever people show, um, like, Brad Owen or Andrew Nimi the their hand. Just because, like you said, people can say what they want, but that doesn't mean it's true. I mean, more often than not, I'm lying about my hand when people ask me. Oh, yeah. yeah I know you're, you're crazy. You, you do that. <laughs> you do it on principle, I think. <laughs> yeah. But I do agree that... Um, I would think for the meetup game, showing the bluffs and even showing the really good hand, I don't want to say, I mean, just very common. I would think that's just kind of the atmosphere. It's, uh, so, yeah, I, I didn't, well, and here's the other thing, is, I guess, it, like, it's like a cocky thing, like, I'm better, one, I think, I think it's more fun for the game, but, it, and I guess there is a little cockiness to it. It, it, there is a little bit of showboat to it, but not much in this hand, because, for the most part, like, the way, from his reaction, I would say the least he was on was ace-jack or an overpair. Because uh, I don't think anything less, you're just, you really are going to feel that bad about that. But when I go all in here, there's not that many bluffs I have. I mean, the only bluffs that make sense are eight-nine of diamonds, queen-nine of diamonds, and king-queen of diamonds. So... Kind of just doesn't really... I, I don't really think it's even that good. It's not even that well of a play. It just... He's losing to like 90% of the hands I I have here. Anything I'm going for value, probably. Uh, 
So I don't know. I didn't really even think it was a bad fold. I, really, in all honesty, I think it's probably a good fold because I'm going to have it here way more often than I'm not. Um, yeah. I still think, though, uh, maybe like, because you said he, he stood up for a minute or whatever and maybe walked it off. Uh, well, I know he he seemed annoyed and the uh, racked up his chips probably like three or four hands later. Uh, like I say, nothing, nothing outrageous or whatever, but I, I don't think I'm getting a Christmas card. Well, I mean, the thing I was going to say is I think that is one thing that's pretty, um, smart by him is if you know, something's going to affect your play to just get up and take a break or, you know, call it for the night. I can agree with that. Uh, I definitely can, uh, cause I've definitely done the, uh, the opposite. Oh but... God, I've done the opposite. I mean, <laughs> if anything, I'm trying to take a page out of that book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, so yeah, it was a, it was a really kind of a, it was, it's really nice cause I've gone to some of these vloggers games and it's, you, you know, just sometimes you're not going to get into a decent hand with them. That was kind of uh, nice to get into an interesting hand with, you know, with someone you went and saw. Cause uh, regardless of, of what, uh, regardless of anything, I think people should watch his content cause I think he makes pretty, I think he makes really good content. Uh, I was, but yeah, that was a, uh. The interesting hand. Well, like, and then the other thing is, remember when we went to Johnny Vibes game and he was super cool to talk to, but he was super card dead and no one really got to play hand with him. Yeah, he he was real card dead and yeah, I've been to a couple of vloggers games where it's not really uh, all Jamin's games. Now Jamin's kind of fun at the table, even when he is card dead. Uh, he's kind of a character a little bit, so I he. Doesn't matter on him much. A rampage is a lot of fun to play with, but you got to think these players. If they're winning players, they're going to be pretty nitty. You're not going to be playing a ton of hands with them for the most part, especially if they're winning players in Vegas, right? I would say that it's a little looser in Texas, right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So these hands are really. Yeah, I don't know. It was really a. It was really a fun experience. It was really a fun experience going there. And seeing Ryan DePaulo, I said hi to him. Said hi to Poker Face Ash. So we will, and then I did spend the night, and I came back and played that next day. And I will give this guy. This guy was just a fun, ton of fun to have at the table. Uh, we've never watched a vlog of his, but it's called Slow Poker. And apparently, he does kind of more of a comedy like Ryan DePaulo type vlog. So. I definitely want to check that out because he was actually a lot of fun to have at the table. Yeah, we'll have to give it a watch and, you know, maybe report back. Yeah, see if it's, <laughs> see if it's good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's pretty cool that you got to see all those people. Um, did you have any other sessions this week? Uh, well, I went and spent the night at a hotel, a nearby hotel, and then came back that next day and played at 52 Social. Like I say, I thought that room was, even not wanting to like it, liked it. Uh, and I knew all the vloggers would come back, but it was an early day session. Nobody was really there except the slow poker guy. Uh, I think his name was John. And we played, and I mean, I ran super hot. I do not think I missed a double board bomb pot. I, it seems like I had the nuts on every double board bomb pot I played. And, you know, those pots get pretty big. <laughs> so had a pretty monstrous session. Was kind of waiting to see, like, the vloggers come back. And they had a live stream with the vloggers, which I think was probably pretty cool. I haven't gone back and watched it, but it had Ryan DePaulo, the slow poker guy, uh, 
Ben Deej, Poker Face Ash, and all that. So, but I was up quite a bit, and I was like, well, they're going to be doing this live stream for a, di- for a damn long time. I got to drive back to Houston. Eh, I don't know. And then after the live stream, I'm not sure if they're even going to want to play poker after that. So I was like, well, I think it's just good to call it a win because it was like a like a fourteen fifteen hundred dollar win trip. So that was pretty nice. Yeah, it's very nice, especially when you're going to have fun as well. Yeah, it was a it was real interesting. Got to see a really cool place. Get into it with a vlogger. I mean, so it was a it was a really I was like, well, if I donk this back, then it just becomes not as fun a trip. So- oh, God. <laughs> if you donk it back, I mean, you're just, that's a sad, sad drive home. Yeah. I remember when there were no poker rooms in Texas, and every time you wanted to play, if it was a legit game, you were going to Louisiana. And those drive homes back when you won, they're pretty nice. But when you just donked off, Eight, nine hundred, even more, and you're driving back. That's a long time to think about your losses. (laughs) It's kind of crazy to think how we used to drive to Louisiana all the time, and now we just play so regularly in town. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think because a lot of the people, you know, poker is kind of a younger crowd. Yeah, there's kind of a younger crowd, and a lot of people don't even know what it was like before these legal poker rooms. Kind of. It's kind of weird to think that, you know, they're just screwed up with this availability of it. Absolutely. Uh, so I come back and let me see. What else did I play this week? I'd end up doing, I go to Texas Card House. It was a, man, Texas Card House has gotten a lot more action. And there was something I, wait, I was waiting for the podcast to let you know. Because I think it's one of our favorite rooms, except for this one rule and that's the must move rule where you're constantly taken from like a great table to a shitty table or they're taking an action table you're an action player at your table to another table i go there and play and i'm sitting there and i'm like okay well let's do this within 10 minutes the guy comes the floor guy comes to the table and says this is no this is not a must no longer a must move game you do not have to move unless you want to and me and this other guy, I started commenting about how great that was because I, how I hate that so much. And this other guy to my right, he's like, yeah, he's like, that's one of the main reasons I sometimes don't come here is because of that one rule. So I don't know if that's a thing that they're starting to change, but God, I would love to see it change. No, I mean, I've been there before where they changed my table to a not must move. Oh, really? I was yeah. hoping it was more of a permanent thing. No, I think they do it whenever the game... I don't know what determines it, but I know they have certain tables that are not must move, but the other tables go into that table. Oh, uh, okay. I was, uh, that's disappointing because I was yes, hoping. Hey, definitely didn't need to save that for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could answer that for you right away. Well, uh, okay. Well, I was at a home, uh, my, my table became a not must move game. So, uh, I was like, I thought I was breaking news. I thought I was breaking news. <laughs> I was like, breaking news on the Texas card house. Everything's the same. <laughs> uh, just one kind of interesting hand. I end up, a guy bets for for 20. It's kind of a pretty, it's got a pretty nice table. 
Not a lot of grinders. The guy to my right's pretty good. Everyone else just seems to be kind of, uh, you know, kind of splashing. I call, I make a very light call with Jack 10 off, and several other people call. I'm like, this, this is going to get dicey. I just know it is. <laughs> and uh, the flop is Jack high. The guy bets pretty decent amount. I think a little over half pot. I'm just not going anywhere with top pair. I call the uh, everybody else folds. The spade draw comes in on the turn. He checks behind. I check behind as well. I still do have top pair though. And then the river blanks out and he shoves. I kind of, I'm kind of torn. I didn't think. He had an over. I thought he could have an overpair or a better kicker. Uh, and I was kind of tanking for quite a while. He starts to say that he's like, "Is Ace Jack good?" And I'm like, "Yeah, Ace Jack's good." I, wanted, I told him the truth. There's no reason for me to lie. And he's like, "He's like, he's like, oh okay." He's like, "When you when you kind of went into the tank, he's like, I kind of figured it was." He's like, "That's that's what I got." This strangely becomes very big for me because I was worried about an overpair that just checked because of a flush draw. Well, now it looks like it's either a complete bluff or it is ace-jack because there's no reason for him to say that if it's aces, kings, or queens. So if I'm ruling out aces, kings, and queens and I have one blocker to ace-jack, I end up I mean, it's probably a crying call. I'm losing more than 50% of the time, but I go ahead and make the crying call, and he mucks his hand for Jack. the Jack being good. Yeah, there's one thing that you're just way better at me than at the poker table. It is breaking down those, um, like, the what, what would it be called? Not the, the live talk, but the, the talking in the hand and some of the plays that, to me, I guess – like for me, like when people would come like eight, eight, three and they bet gigantic, I was like, Oh, a lot of times before I would fold and you're like, well, isn't eight really betting that much when they want to get value or like kind of breaking some of those live reads down. And that's something I feel like you do really well. And, um, I, when you told me this hand, when he was describing that he had ace Jack, uh, I was thinking I was going to fold be honest so uh, that is one thing i think you do very well um i guess probably just from playing a lot of the bar games and stuff but once you broke down the reasoning of having the blocker to the jack that now all of a sudden when you had the blocker he didn't have an it makes it less likely he has an overpair now that he said that and then kind of break it down break it down in your head what he said to you to justify the call I thought it was pretty slick so yeah it was yeah, which is weird because I usually put you on like more live reads, like a. Well, I'm more into physical tells. Yeah, I mean, then I mean, you know, I've had some some of those um, what I thought were like verbal tells go completely sideways. I mean. <laughs> oh yeah, it's well, it used to get me because certain people will actually tell you the truth. And I would, and when they would do that, I would just always, I would always think they're lying. And sure enough. You know, they just have it or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, it's that. I guess that does come with experience on what you can and can't believe. But, I mean, this one, this is kind of like the, the Garrett thing. I mean, it's like it looks good this time, but I was 
you know, very close to folding here. It's, it could have gone either way. So it just... Because I remember, he, like, everybody's giving him just a ton of credit for all of his plays. And I heard an interview, and he's just, he's like, yeah, it looks good. He's like, but all those great calls, I was very close to folding. And it takes a couple of those just to make it look the other way. And you're talking about Garrett here, not the guy you're in the hand with. <laughs> yeah. I did not I did, I did not bluff in Deitch earlier in the week and then make a hero call against Garrett Adelstein. If uh, so, if somebody's thinking that, way wrong. <laughs> yeah. I first I thought about the guy you were playing against. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. But, uh, Tyler's like, who? what circles are you running with in the poker crowd now? <laughs> um, I guess that concludes most of your sessions this week. So yeah, it was a. I've actually gone on a little bit of a nice upswing. Let me see on the uh, bankroll session. So I was up about thirteen hundred on the trip, and then won about two sixty five on the uh, at Texas Card House, which was a very short session. So it was a. It's been kind of a nice little, a nice little uptick. So, but that pretty much concludes the. Uh, my little trip to Austin to, to see the poker vloggers and then the Texas card house session. Well, I guess we'll get into my session. Then I played last night at Doghouse, and it was one of those sessions where this is not what you want to hear on the podcast where nothing interesting happened <laughs> <laughs> and off. No, uh, but it was, I mean, there was one where I had top pair. I had queen 10 and it was a straddle pawn. It was, Three ways counting myself. The flop came 10 high with a flush draw. I mean, blast for pot. Both called blast for pot on the turn when uh, the 10 saves the top card. And um, everyone, then just everyone checked. And then I bet, um, I down bet super small on the um, on the river. Got one call. Top pair with the 10 was good. I mean, it seems pretty standard. Everyone was on a flush draw. Both players were. Well, I mean, someone had to have more than a flush drop. They called you on the river with the 10, right? Uh, I, they had to have, they didn't show. They both said they had a flush draw though, but they must okay. have had a pair somewhere. Yeah. They, did, they did not show me. Maybe one, with a pair plus draw type deal. Yeah. One showed the king high flush draw. The other one only showed the ace of spades. Okay. Kind of one of those things. And we'd had the whole thing of like, oh man, if a flush came, that would have been kind of crazy. Yeah. Um. I had a hand also, which was, um, oh, you'll, yeah, you might think this one's interesting. I know the PLO hands are kind of brutal to, um, hard to keep up with at times, but I had basically pocket fives on a PLO hand, um, pocket fives in like, I think it was like five, five, six, seven, something like that. Okay. Um, I flopped bottom set. With no straight available on one board. Or not one board. The board. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait a second. Um, and there's a flush draw. So I bet. I don't. I didn't pot it. I've kind of gotten out of the habit of potting in every street. Seems like a good habit to break. Um, so I bet maybe um, like $15, $20 on the flop. Uh, I got two callers. The turn was like a six. Well, it, it, yeah, I know you flopped bottom set. Well, what were the other two cards? You said no straight available, but this is going to come into play. Um, I believe it was, it was definitely, it definitely was five, ten, and then 
What else would it be? I know for sure there was no scrape. Was it a over to the 10 or under? No, under to the 10. Okay. Uh, so we'll say 5-7. Okay. Uh, okay. And a, you, you bet a call, and it, the 6 is the turn, which probably uh, two makes calls. a straight. Two calls. Two calls? Two calls, yep. Okay. But there is a flush draw. There is a flush draw. Okay. So I bet pretty big. Um, got two calls. Um, the turn was, I believe it was a 6. I'm like, okay, well, this isn't the worst, right? Because I think I had five, five, six, seven. Um, did it make a straight though? It sounds like it did. Think it did. Yeah, it had to have, right? But everyone checks to me again, so I assume they don't have a straight when they check to me on this with the with the front with the flush draw still available. Okay. I'm assuming they don't have a straight. Okay. Um, the river pairs the tens. I have fives full of tens. That's. Oh God, the way this plays out is so difficult. Uh, okay, yeah. One guy pots it, the next guy calls. And now I was in position the whole time. This is one that is just a fold. Yeah. Um, I did fold. You did I, fold? I did fold. And I was thinking I was about to be super sad when I see someone flip over two pair or something. But um, yeah, he had 10-6. Uh, yeah, it's... So we were talking about, like, I was listening to, it was actually a Crush Live Poker podcast, and it was talking about how uh, this P, the PLO podcast was talking about how just PLO is so new that people are, whatever they bet, you just give them credit for at this point, because n- there's not enough bluffs, like, even compared to Hold'em, it's like everybody's basically plays their hand very straight up. Uh, I love your fold on the river. I think, I mean, coming from a holding background and you not playing a ton of PLO, that's a very good fold. Not easy to fold a boat. <laughs> yeah, but you know what helps? Getting stacked a bunch of times with crummy boats. Exactly. That's a, <laughs> uh, it sounds like you paid your tuition and you learned from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did have one, which is just going to sound like a gripe, but um, I had pocket deuces in a double board bomb pot and... Um, at deuce, deuce, ace, like, um, nine, uh, flop bottom set of deuces on one board, just a nine on the other board, the, with an ace. It was deuce, deuce, ace. Okay. But you only have, um, pocket deuces basically. The turn is another ace. So now I have aces full of deuces. Oh, nice. And it's heads up. Me and this Wait. Oh, this is a hold'em. No, no. PLO. You don't have aces full of deuces then. Well, I had so the board was. Are you have the you board? Have, you have pocket deuces. You flop a set, and I have an ace, and the and it was deuce ace, um, like, uh, let's call it a low card, like an eight. Oh, I thought you flopped a set of deuces. I had a set of deuces. In so I had pocket deuces and an ace. Okay, so you have on the turn. You had aces full of deuces. It turned oh, ace. okay. I got you. I thought you were saying deuce. I was like, well, you have to play. I thought you were trying to use both aces with the deuces you had in your hand. No. Okay, I got you. You had the top set. Oh, you had bottom set, but you had two pairs as well. Yes. And then I got you. Okay, I'm with you now. I might have just misspoke. But, um, so I, so now I have aces full of deuces. I was like, okay, so who'd have to have ace and then that other card? Like, not the worst. And I still have the pair of nines on the bottom board. Okay. It's heads up. Um, I pot it there. He calls. I was like, well, this player could just have an ace a lot of the time. Like, I know this player could have an ace 
here and called this off. Okay. The turn is a three. Sorry, sorry. The river is a three on the board. So it's it was deuce, ace, ace, three, and then like a six. Um, he goes to check it. He goes, I think we're chopping. I'm like, mm, I think I'm winning. So I bet 100. I agree with this. He snap calls. He has ace three for aces full of threes. And he had a queen on the other board. Mm, that's I think that's just a cooler. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you it's very likely he's he has the other board and you're betting him off of it. I think uh I, I think this is fine. You have a you I mean you're worried a little bit about bigger boats. Like pocket three still has you beat. Wait, no, no. Ace is full of deuces. You still have that beat. God, you have just damn near every yeah. This is yeah, this is just a cooler. I think you played this just fine. Yeah, but I thought that was kind of an interesting spot. Um I mean, I basically just kind of, I mean, no crazy action or crazy hands happened. Um, the big hand for me was I had pocket nines. Um, I believe I was, I was either on the, no, no, no. I was in the big blind, but there's a button straddle. So I ended up only calling the, um, only calling the straddle because normally it gets repopped, which it did and got popped like 20. So I think it was like four or five ways to the flop. Uh, the flop comes queen, nine, five, rainbow. Okay. I just bet. I mean, there's one that I don't really want to see check through. Were you, uh, were you the pre-flop raiser? No. Just a donk. Wow, this seems so strong to donk lead into this. Pocket nines, you flop a mid, middle set? Mm, you're right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I hate when I get the hand mix up like this. <laughs> You're right. I did. That did not make sense. That's not what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, what a weird lie. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I check it over. Preflop raiser bets. I raise. He re-raises. I go all in. He snap calls. Um. Board runs out. King Jack. I was like, well, that ain't good. Um, oh, Christ. He said, you're good. That was it. That's why I had a set. He said, you're good. He had to have ace-queen, maybe. Probably. He didn't show, but he just, or, yeah, he just said, you're good. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's very... I, when he re-raises, I'm almost kind of nervous that you just ran into pocket queens, actually. But you're never folding, so... Yeah. It's uh, And this is where things... I don't want to say God interesting, but... um, So this player, he showed up and... You know, he's a recreational player doing well in life and other um, aspects for sure. Right. You know, he plays all the time. He's there almost. I mean, it's the guy who boated on me last week. Oh, wow. <laughs> and took all my money. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Rude. So, very. So, he was there and he's stuck horribly in this game. I mean, I don't know what he had. It might have been a cooler. But he had gotten coolered by some other hands, right? Which is going to happen. And, um, he wants to play PLO the whole the whole time. He's like, I'd be cool to switch it to round of each. And I was like, no. And then everyone else, like it was a lot of the players who we played with who only wanted to play Hold'em um, last week. Okay. So I know they don't want to play PLO. Cause you can kind of see they're kind of hesitant. Right. But this guy busts out, busts out again, busts out again, busts out again. And he's like, well, I want to play PLO, round of each. And I was like, you know what, man? I'm going to leave in 10 minutes. 
we'll play for 10 minutes. Sure. You know, if that's yeah, what you want to do. Sure. Um, then that pocket nine had to happen. I busted him again. So I'm like, well, I feel like I should probably stay at least a little bit. So then <laughs> yeah. all, so he leaves to go get, try to get money. All the people at the table were like, well, we should just go back to hold them while we wait. You know, so we go back to hold them, and then the dealer's trying to tell him that, oh, they switched back to hold them. I'm like, no, 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 hold on. We'll switch back to Ryland Beach when he comes back. But we all want to play hold them. Yeah. You know, it was only five-handed, five or six-handed. Right. So we also want to keep, you know, he's kind of, I don't want to say fueling the game, but, I mean, he's kind of fueling the game, right? Well, I mean, if you're five or six-handed and the action player leaves, it's very likely somebody else is leaving too, right? <laughs> yeah, me. But, um... <laughs> 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 but so he ends up getting money and we come back and he's like, I want to play PLO. I was like, Oh, well, he, we're already playing PLO. So I was like, all right, we'll go back to PLO. That's fine. Right. But like we had always kind of talked about and why we like Ben Deach as well for what kind of his philosophy is. You do kind of have to cater to the, I mean, I guess really you kind of even, I mean, recreational or not. I mean, whoever's kind of losing that night, I feel like you kind of cater to, right? I think you should. I like, if you know, you definitely want to make the action players who make the game. You know, you may you want to make them happy because it's not me and you and kind of the grinders. I mean, we're definitely not. I mean, I don't think we're as grindy as some people are. Is nitty? I'm probably not as nitty as I should be. But that being said, we're not the ones making the game by any means. Right. I'm probably just nitty enough, but um. <laughs> Um, no, absolutely. And here's something that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, whenever I went to go play five, five or five, 10 at some of the other card rooms, right. Um, one thing I thought was nice is they were always doing bomb pots. I was like, Oh, I don't really want to do a bomb pot. I'll just sit out. You guys can do it. I don't care. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> it makes me sound like the super fish. They're like, Oh, well, if you don't want to do bomb pots, then we won't do bomb pots. <laughs> like, um, well, but I guess it was also because I'm the new player to the game. Everyone knows each other. You know, they all, I mean, there's only so many people playing 510 in that area, right? Well, also, well, one, yeah, you're right about the game. But here's the other thing. If somebody doesn't know poker and understand your game, you can come off as a fish. Oh, no, 100%. Because I mean, you, if somebody is just looking at pre-flop hands, not understanding the implied odds, how much implied odds it takes to have a get, have that hand doesn't understand that you have these bluffs that you have. There are players who think that, you know, if you go all in and you have nothing, you're a fish. Or if you're <laughs> <Yeah>. showing 4-6 <laughs> suited when you're 3,000 deep that you're a fish. So I think it could be a, you know, a combination. Like, if they don't know you and all of a sudden they see you playing some of these hands that, like, some fishy players might play. I mean, you might have that reputation for a minute when actually it probably serves you well. Well, and like we've said, I think a few weeks ago, is oftentimes um, I'll lean into that sometimes. Like I'll call set trips on purpose. Right. Stuff like that. Just something that if I was playing with someone, I would catch but wouldn't say anything. Yeah. But I would know that they're a newer player. So I kind of will sometimes lean into that. Um, a little bit the other way around. 
Yeah. <laughs> but I've also had one of the players from the game. He was talking to me. He's like, yeah, I already know you're a winning player. I've seen you play. He's, he's just like, that's not working. <laughs> so he's, he's like, yeah. a, I got to get a player. I, uh... <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. But yeah, it's not. I, I know. <laughs> he's like, we were talking about something else, but he's like, yeah, no, that's not. I'm not buying that. So that's pretty funny. Um, uh, I gotta give that player props there. Yeah. I mean, him, very good player. I mean, so. But yeah. go ahead. Oh, I was also gonna say, uh, there's something I want to circle back to because it goes along with your play, and something I forgot about showing this bluff that I constantly get onto you about, like these about like. When you sh- you're big on showing bluffs, you've got me to do it now, uh, sometimes because that was kind of something I would never do until you uh, started talking to you about poker. I sometimes want to, you to channel it back because you have more bluffs in your range, so it kind of it kind of hamstrings you a little bit. Well, here was something I was actually going to bring up to you about this. Uh huh. Like at Doghouse, I would say there's more recreational players than grinders there. Overall, just, okay, just yeah, the environment absolutely. in general. Same thing at Paramount, right? Like yeah, a room correct. like Paramount Doghouse. Um, there's a few other ones. I can't think of any. Off I would the say top. Texas Card House is right there too. I haven't been there in a minute, but so done, yeah, I've been on some rough tables over there, man. Some uh, pretty grinder heavy tables, but um, I, I have been in some rec rec games there though too, though. Um, but in a game like that. Like, at Doghouse, I don't normally show the bluffs, even though I'm bluffing quite a bit there. Right. Because when I show the bluff, I show it to certain players who I think are going to take that information, and I can use it to, like, reverse psychology. Um, in a game where it's just rec players, like people who don't really know poker or are still pretty new to poker, I don't normally show them the bluff because it doesn't help me. And then that's when it kind of, I would say, kind of, for me, crosses the line of, using it as a strategy versus kind of using it just kind of kind of a jerk just be a dick yeah yeah because I, I combined those two with you in the beginning <laughs> i was just like this is just a dick <laughs> well i will show it to a new player if i know a player at the table is there who i could use that information against later like i tried bluffing one of the guys at doghouse so i know you play with a bunch who's a rag who's always there and i thought was capable of folding a certain hand in this time he wasn't but I still like that he knows that that bluff is possible there, so I'll use it later. Well, and well, that was kind of my thing. Like, if you have those bluffs in your range, because you you have more bluffs than I do. 100%. And me showing the bluff here, because I do it so little, showing the bluff once I... in letting people know that I don't always have it, because I do have it more often than not. I mean, I, I don't have as many bluffs as you do. So having those players know that there is a possibility I don't have it, if it gets me paid off at all a little bit more, going to be pretty profitable over the long run. Because that does stick in players' heads. 100%. Um, I guess the one example of that would be I was at the Texas Cardhouse tournament. This was like maybe three months ago or something, whenever we were playing with Jeff. Right. And um, I, bluffed, I bluffed someone in a hand. I didn't show the hand. This one player was dying to know the hand. Everyone's dying to know the hand because I, like, shipped it on the river or something. Mm-hmm. I had literally nothing, like six high. But it's, you know, um, everyone folded. Everyone wants to know what I had. I told him I had six high. This guy gets so mad. 
Not in the hand. You're lying through your teeth is what he said. He says, you didn't have six high. You had a set. And I was like, I mean, I would have showed you. That's not, I mean, okay. Yeah. Like, and he was like, you don't even, you're not even capable of bluffing or something like that. And I was like, okay. And then I bluffed him in the hand, right? Uh-huh. Didn't show him. Because I was like, well, this guy clearly is not. Someone who's playing, and it does me no good to show this player bluff other than to just piss off some old guy. Oh, I, I thought for a hundred percent you were going to show the bluff after he called you, I called you out and said you weren't capable of it. Yeah, but that's kind of like an example because I thought about it and I was like, I mean, all I'm going to do is ruin this guy's day in a free tournament. And I don't really care about. Yeah, that's so a, that's I mean, that's kind of like where I kind of find the line, I guess. Yeah, you know, because like when I say I use it for strategy, I do use it for strategy so oh yeah absolutely it's uh like well yeah i think where it's mine is like if i do with the i have it so rarely that i can show up maybe more often because yeah you want that to really stick in almost everybody's because if i do it i feel like it sticks in everybody's head 100 percent. i mean sticks in my head but (laughs) (laughs) tyler's like because i never because i still think you're incapable of it (laughs) Yeah, but I I guess to conclude the episode, because I know we've circled back to that Ben Deach bluff, I feel like showing him the bluff is mainly for content. I mean, that's also, you're in that environment where that's, um, I don't want to say accepted, but I mean, I think it's very common practice in the meetup games to show bluffs, right? I mean, well, it was, there's certain tables I feel like, you like you say, you probably shouldn't. And there's certain tables where you feel like it's more, it's a more, I mean, it's more because everybody was kind of. It's Ben Deach. It's the slow poker guy. Obviously, both you know poker. You know they're not new. They're they're good winning the winning players. The guy to my left was obviously a pretty big winning player. I think so. And I wasn't. I know you shouldn't talk strategy at the table, but if I'm gonna sit there and go to a vloggers game, we're not gonna sit there and talk about the carpet. I mean, so we were talking a lot of strategy at the table. That's the reason I go to those games. It's a, you know, I like to like poker. I want to talk <laughs> poker with these poker players. I don't want to talk about cars. I don't know shit about cars. <laughs> I, go, I go there for free coaching. <laughs> yeah, I go there for free coaching. <laughs> I guarantee you they think I need a lot of it. <laughs> but I, I, like I said, I do think that's very common practice there. And getting bluffed... I guess if it does annoy you getting up and leaving or taking a break or walking off is fine, right? You should, you know, kind of, I think that's good to know yourself that way. But I do think getting too angry about a bluff is like playing football and getting angry about getting tackled. Yeah. Every time you you get the ball, you're not going to score a touchdown. Well, okay, like, I know I give it a little bit more credit than that because I used to do, I used to be get very angry on this stuff too. I would say it's be angry about getting tackled and then having the guy run in circles showboating about it. Because that's what it kind of is, right? The, it's not the fact that you got bluffed. It's the person's, like, showing it. And it, there's a little bit of arrogance to it, right? I guess. I see a lot of that in football. So There's a lot of that in football. <laughs> yeah. But guess what? There are a lot of fights in football today. <laughs> <laughs> I know you think that's gentle, but those people, they get pissed off at each other when they do that, too. 
Well, on that note, this concludes the Texas Poker Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time and we'll see you next week.